Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Hello, 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 everyone out there. Thank you so much. We are here with Misha Inspires. This is the podcast, Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. I'm super excited today. We are in spirituality and we were with an inspirational lady, Misha. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to be sharing space, sharing energy, sharing stories, sharing words with you. And you're going to bring some of your inspiration to these podcast listeners out in podcast worlds. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. You're amazing. And I am so excited about this. You're so awesome. I'm so excited that you're here. So, so you and I actually are connected by way of my oldest daughter, Skylar, who's 22 now and in her senior year at Nova Southeastern University in Davie, Florida, sometimes said Fort Lauderdale, Florida matters, matters what you're thinking, but down there, down there, in the beautiful heat and you guys are both in the same sorority, is that correct? Yes, we're in Delta Phi Epsilon. Yeah, and you and Skylar met through the sorority, and then I think that, tell, tell me, when I went through breast cancer last year or whatever, you guys kind of got more connected. What, what, how's that work? You tell me. So I don't even know when it was, but I have a very strong family history of cancer so I think it was Skylar and I were just talking about it or I think I dm'd her and I was like hey like I see that like your mom has breast cancer like what what do you need from me what can I do so all of that fun stuff happened and then when we had pref night I want to say my junior year and I was reading my pref letter and she was just like wow I didn't know all of this and that's how we got really close and I think it was my junior year so you guys got that connection and and when I'm looking, so you have a, a great following, an amazing following on Instagram, and you literally do kind of, it's almost like a program. I mean, you're like on a monthly, daily, like this, like this is what you can do today. This is what you should be doing. This is what's worked for me. And so tell, tell me how that started. I mean, how did you get into the spirituality moment? So my freshman year going into sophomore year, I lost my cousin. She passed away in an accident and it was out of nowhere. So I, I guess the healing process after that took a very long time because I didn't really fully understand how to process that because it's like, you, you know, people are going to pass when they're sick or when they're older, but you never just don't hear back from someone. So I went through like a super hard time with that, but then realized that when like my happiest times are when I'm helping other people. Mm-hmm. So that grew and I became super involved in service. And then junior year summer, I was studying for my MCAT, had the worst possible time. I was not happy. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't doing anything that I was supposed to be doing to be healthy and happy. And I was like, what can I do? So that's when Misha Inspire started. So it's only been like a year and a half. It's very new. But with that, it just brings me something to look forward to every single day. It's not just myself, my job, my schooling. It's like, I have so much more to offer and so many more connections now that it gives me a purpose to wake up every morning. So that's how that started. That's huge. I mean, 
So do you look at that as spirituality? Do you look at that as a part of your spirituality? Do you come from a more traditional religious space? Like what does that all look like? So I'm Hindu. So a lot of our traditional beliefs when it comes to religion has so much to do with how you take care of your soul. And in my head, in my understanding, I'm still growing in this. It's not something I've accomplished already, but it's, yeah, like it's, it aligns with it. So it's been easier to grow within like that spiritual aspect of my life with the religion that I have and with the amazing parents I have. My mom is the coolest human being ever. She's always doing yoga, doing the crazy stuff in the backyard. Like she's someone that implements that at home, everything starting from being mindful to praying before eating to every little thing that you could imagine that you would need to be a a soul that's happy. She's able to live out and we're able to learn through her. So Props to mom. This is not anything that I'm learning like by myself. It's because of her that I'm growing in the spiritual aspect of my life. Yeah. So it's basically the practice of what the foundation that you were raised in. So this is just mm-hmm. a, it's just a, an offshoot, a growth spurt that was already, you had that foundation of the Hindu religion, which mm-hmm. I'm sure Skylar and I shared with you. We learned so much about when we were in India last year, Yeah, which we just like <laughs> fell in love with India. Like I was ba- basically begging to not have to go home. I was just like in love <laughs> with the people and the place. And so, so that foundation was solid mm-hmm. at, at home. Like this is a, this is a practice. Of, yeah. of prayer, a practice of movement, a practice of gratitude that was already there in your house. And then you have the loss of your cousin unexpectedly. So when this tragedy happened and how old were you and she at the time? She was 19. I was 19 too. So okay. was, we were pretty young and it was my first time dealing with death in that aspect. I've never dealt with death before. I'm very fortunate, but the only passings that we've had like before that were my grandparents, which was understandable, but yeah, it makes sense to yeah. your brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now she's been in this accident and you rely on your traditional teachings that you've been brought up with. So you go back there. And so what made you switch from, this is a very personal teaching religion to, I need to now give back. How did that switch from, I need to serve others? What, what happened in that, that time and space? Cause this is so important to so many people that go through things that when something really bad happens, you don't go that way. You go forward in a positive mm-hmm. way and you don't turn to drugs and you don't turn to suicide and you don't turn to depression and anxiety. You switch mm-hmm. it. And like, you're a young person and I'm an old person and we both have been through shit. And so we, but we had to switch it. We had to yeah. switch it. And we had two choices, right? Mm-hmm. We had the choice to either go this way or that way. And you didn't go this way. You went that way. Yeah. I think all of that came with The realization, I mean, obviously this did not happen overnight. The night that I found out that she passed away, funny story at first, but now looking back on it, it's funny. I was in the bathroom going pee. My little brother comes by and he's like, 
Davekey passed away. And I looked at him like, I didn't believe it at all. I didn't believe it for five minutes. I was just like, I don't know what he's talking about. Go outside, see mom and dad. Mom's on the phone with my grandma. No one says anything to me for a very long time. So I'm like still in that confused state. And then mom tells me, have a breakdown. All that happens. I asked to go back to school. So I live in Boynton Beach. School's an hour away. And then I just sat there and I was like, holy crap, what the heck just happened? I don't think it was like, oh my God, I'm super sad. It was like, oh my God, there's so much more to life. Like life is so short. I think that's when it hit me that like, my life isn't a nine to five. I don't need to do everything my boss tells. I mean, yes, please do everything (laughs) that your boss tells you, but like, don't let people walk over you. Like you need to be happy. I think that's where it came in where I was just like, crap, life is short. If I'm not happy, I I could die tomorrow. I don't know. Like, I don't want to pass on a bad note. I think that's where it all started kicking in. And service was something that my mom and dad implemented throughout, like when we were younger, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I understood the value of helping others and caring for others until that major part of my life happened. So yes, I gave back all the time, but it was so much more. It was like, this is what makes my soul happy. And in serving others, I serve myself. So I think that the next week, the next month, the next year after she passed, everything just started clicking a little bit more than it did before. Mm-hmm. Where the things mom said at home, and I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. Like, I don't want to listen right now. Like, they all started clicking. Mm-hmm. So I think all of that helped me go the right way, even though there were so many chances of just shutting down, going out all the time, not eating well, not exercising, just being lazy, like all of that could have happened, but that realization of, oh my God, life is so short. Like, I don't know what could happen. Like, I don't want to, like, I want to be happy if something were to happen. Like, I want to be happy knowing that if there is another tragedy happening in my life, which it didn't get easier after that. I mean, I don't think anyone's life just like magically gets easier, but that foundation from the day that it happened to the month after it it grounded me. And I think I needed that. So that's, yeah. yeah. I love that. And, and when, when I'm listening to what you're saying is, is very similar to my, my kind of experience, my journey. And I tell people all the time when when you shake hands with death, which, because I think your cousin was exactly your age, you got to shake hands with death without having to be the one that got in the accident or the, be the one that got sick. It was in your face with someone that you knew and were intimate and had this a very close relationship with, and you saw yourself in that minute and yeah. you went, I'm shaking hands with death and I'm going to start living. Yeah. And I think it also, I mean, obviously everyone deals with death differently and everyone gets different types of, I don't know the right word, but there's different outcomes through it. And I think I grew so much in the fact that like, I was more there. I was there for my family a bit more. Like I was so intent, hmm, my intentions were more full. I don't even know if that's the right way of like putting deliberate? it. Like a deliberate, yes. like very you're in tune. You're like, I know exactly what I'm doing and I'm inside of this space. Yeah. And it was more like, I'm not going to half-ass something because I don't like it. It was more like, let me start living and stop doing crap because I'm told to do it or because I'm checking boxes. I think I stopped checking Mm -hmm. boxes after that day. His life is so short. And I say it so many times because even last December, like in 2020, I lost my closest people. 
And like, mm-hmm. you never know what could happen. And I preach about that all the time. And it's so sad that it takes such big moments in your life and losing such great people yeah. to realize that. So if anyone's listening, life is short and I pray and hope no one has to go through like dealing with death, but damn life is really short and we don't, yeah. we don't know what we have and what we don't have until it's gone. So yeah. And you know what? I actually, I talked to Skylar about, I talked to everyone about it and the, the gladness of heart piece. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many women, especially women that we do things out of duty because we think that it's going to make someone like us, make us more likable. It's what we're supposed to do. It's just like, well, she'll like me more people pleasing Mm -hmm. behaviors. And so I will literally tell clients, do not do the dishes until your heart's ready. Because if not, you're going to be doing those dishes. My family and my husband, you know, like do it with gladness of heart that you are so lucky to be alive, to do these dishes and live in this house and have, you know, dishes to do and food to wash off of them. And I know that sounds dramatic and I know that sounds Pollyanna, but wait until you're ready and you have gladness of heart because this is it, people. Those might be the last things you Mm -hmm. do is those damn dishes. So make it worth something. You know what I'm saying? Like, stop checking boxes. Stop doing shit for other people and being a people pleaser and a mom and dad, please do it because you are freaking ass into it and it feels really good to serve. Mm -hmm. And it feels good to serve. It feels good to do these dishes for your family or do the, I mean, everyone's like, oh my God, it's Monday. I'm like, woohoo, it's Monday. I get to do laundry all day today. Yes. Like I literally do laundry all day on Monday and like I'm done for the week. Right. So there's that box check, but it's a good box. I'm excited to do laundry. I'm excited to, to be there and not have to put a, you know, bra and underwear on and brush my teeth all day because I'm just doing, you know, laundry, like who cares? But there's the inside of that service, right? Inside of that service with the marriage of gladness of heart, removing that box checking duty. And I'm doing this for my husband and and my kids. Your whole life will shift. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, you know, that's the magic is just wait five minutes or get yourself there. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Turn the music on. Get those endorphins moving. Change the energy in the room. You know, play Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling before you go so that you're into it. You know, I always play music when I'm making dinner because then I'm into it. Then it's a moment. Then it's an experience. And then I'm giving back to my family. And then now, now I'm inside of it. Now it's mine. Because what you're saying is life's too short, which means Monday doing laundry, that could be my last day. Mm-hmm. You better make it fucking right. It's yeah. got to be good. That could be your last day is doing those dishes. Could be your last day brushing your teeth or making the bed. You could have a heart attack at the end of making a bed. And if you were the whole time you're making your bed, that's not good. Mm-hmm. That's where it's at. Where it's at is the every single moment. And I think too many people forget that the every single moment that is life. And yeah. there's, there's, there's spirituality in, in that practice. So when you look at your mom doing crazy, goofy things and yoga and saying grace and 
you know, being grateful, you know, what in all of her little things, that's her, that's God mm-hmm. working through her and making every one of those moments so magical. And then that seeps out into her husband and her children. She's, she has, she has glory in her heart. She has glory seeping from her into you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But if she's in a poop mood and she's eh, 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 about everything she does all day and you walk in the house, mom, what's for dinner? Right. <laughs> what do you mean? What's for dinner? Like the, the you know, so she's got it. She's, she's doing it. She's in it. And now you're in it. And like, what you're saying is, is it's not about the Monday through Friday, nine to five. It's not about just school. It's not about taking the MCATs. It's not about just my friends. It's about all of it. All of mm-hmm. it is a practice. I've, I've created my entire life to become a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I'm growing every single day. It's not something that I instantly understand. There's days that I'm a complete B word. And like, I have to check back with myself and ask myself, what the heck did I just say? What did I do? Why was I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not something that even though since the day I was born until right now, it's been 22 wonderful years. Even though mom did this every single day, it wasn't something that like, I'm like, yeah, I got this. I'm going to do this right now. It takes time and practice. Like I don't just wake up and say, oh, wow, I just can't wait to study today. It took me a while. It took me a couple, once again, difficult times in life to understand and appreciate while I'm able to study someone else across the world might not be able to, or I'm going to school at a private institution. Yes. Sometimes the teachers really suck, but there's someone else next door that might not have that. So even though people say like, oh, it's not good to compare your troubles with someone else's, I think it's a way to, I guess, just be thankful for what you have every single yeah. day. To check, in. to check in and go, hey, you know, like mm-hmm. today might suck, but like, let's check in with that and mm-hmm. recognize where we're at for perspective. So are you, what are you going to school for now? So I'm at Nova right now getting my MPH degree, which is a master's in public health. I just yeah. graduated May 2020 of last year. So super exciting stuff. Yeah. I have five more months of my MPH left and I don't know where I'm going to end up next. And surprisingly enough, I am very calm about it, which is very new because knowing the type of, I'm a very type A person. Like mm-hmm. I like the structure. I like being able to reflect. I like having breaks. I like this and that. But right now, I have none of that in my life. I have no structure. I don't know what days my parents are going to need me to go to work. I have no clue when I'm studying, when I'm not. Like, it's the first time in many years that I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm surprisingly so okay with it because I know that there's a plan. And hopefully, I'm living out my purpose right now. And able to grow on this non-structured life, but I don't know. I don't know where I'll be. Maybe we'll find out in three months or four, but yeah, surprise. (laughs) So do you think that there's a part of this unknowing, if you will, this calm within unknowing, which to me sounds like what you're saying is, is I'm kind of relinquishing control. I'm, I'm kind of going, you know what? whatever's worked so far, do I need to squeeze anymore? Probably not. So let's see what happens when I don't squeeze. Let's play with that. Right. And so it sounds to me like you're having faith more so. I think the thing 
I mean, once again, not everyone believes in this, but I do 100% believe that my angels have my back right now more than they've ever had it. And in my brain, obviously, once again, everyone's religion tells people differently. Everyone's born different. I don't know. But for me, I truly think everyone's friends up there and they're looking out for me. So I'm just leaving it up into their hands. I'm not saying that I'm being reckless, not doing store yeah. or that. I'm just, for once, going with the flow and using my energy in places like Nisha Inspires. I'm not just limiting an hour every weekend to content plan. I'm doing more than that. I'm able to pick up on stuff and make stuff more genuine and more raw. It's not just like, crap, I need to get all of this done. Like I need to get the whole week's content done, even though I don't feel like giving back right now. Like, let me just write something about giving back, even though that's not how I'm feeling right now. Now it's like, I'm able to shift that energy from having that structured schedule to using that time in other areas. So I think first angels have my back right now. And second, my energy shift has been huge and just within like a couple weeks my parents have even been like hey like why are you so like glowy and happy and my parents joke around all the time because I'm working all the time I'm studying all the time so I do get kind of hmm let me use the right word like grumpy sometimes yeah when they come home and they're like what's wrong with you like cut it out come back when you're ready to talk to us Mm -hmm. but now it's like different it's like I'm able to use my energy that I have saved up in my day to talk to them when they get home or to be present and not just dull when they get home so I think that's been like the biggest thing yeah do you think do you feel like there was a moment that you relinquished control do you think that there was something do you, okay, go, what, what, yeah, tell me. So, I mean, once again, not the most positive experience, but in December, the end of December, my mentor passed away from COVID. So I was sitting on a Zoom funeral. I, I love everyone, but everyone that complains about Zoom parties and Zoom birthdays and Zoom everything else, I pray that no one has to sit through a Zoom funeral. It is, it hands down probably top five worst experiences because you don't know what to do with yourself. You're not- yeah. There's no one around you. I was sitting in upstairs room with my, my dog, not under, not being able to feel because it was like through a computer screen. I think when you're not able to talk and you're just looking at a ritual happening, you're not able to feel fully. And I think being present, I think that's another thing with Dave Key's funeral, my cousin, I was able to actually be there. Yeah. So it played a huge role. But I was just, it, it was a long ceremony because obviously Hindu religion ceremonies, they, they, they're pretty long. So I'm just sitting through it, just thinking like, wow, like he could, Dr. Patel couldn't have controlled what he did. Like at the end, like COVID took over his life. Like he, he's someone that gave back everywhere. Hospitals, he built hospitals. Like this is the man that when you talk about service, like he's the person I think about and amazing human being. And I think it would, Two weeks ago, I sat there and I was like, wow, why am I sitting here making a to-do list, planning out? I had a 30-minute like planner by 30 minutes. I was like, wow. what am I doing? And yeah. I think that's when it all came together throughout my years of like these weird low points in my life. And I was able to put it together and just say, I cannot control everything. And if I try to control everything, I'm not able to put my energy in other places because I'm so focused on meeting these goals and expectations that I set for myself, not even family members or friends or anyone else. It's what I'm doing. So I think that shift happened when I was 
sitting there thinking, what the heck? He couldn't have controlled that. Why am I sitting here trying to control how other people think, what they're doing and all of that. So only it's only been two weeks, but I am feeling good. So it feels better. I mean, it's not just, oh, I'm going to stop being a control freak. It's I stopped being a control freak and it has changed my life. Oh, for sure. I was waiting to see what would hit the fan. I was like, I'm going to let it ride. I'm going to see how it goes. Knowing that yeah. um, either way, it could have been me turning into someone that doesn't want to work all the time to me just staying on Instagram all the time because I don't have a time limit anymore. But I think I let my heart and slightly my brain just guide me and just I'm happy. So, and I think it's the first time I could fully say that, like, I'm genuinely happy with where I'm at in life. And it's not wow. because I have good grades or because I have a great family. Like it's because I've, I'm understanding what my calling and purpose is. And I obviously I'm only 22. Right. So <laughs> I don't know if that's my purpose or calling, but for right now it feels right. So I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> Yeah. And there's so many women, again, like the box checking and the gladness of heart. There's so many women, especially because women, it doesn't matter if you are a career person or an at-home person, being a control freak and, and, and feeling like you have to have your hands in and on everything, like, you know, here, let me brush your teeth for you. You're not doing it right. It's a rite of passage. It equates to care. Yeah. I am controlling everything because I care. And if I'm not controlling, it means I don't care. Absolutely. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. And so when you see women doing this and then they're completely having a stroke out, you know, they drink 16 bottles of wine a week because they can't handle, because their, their, their level, their energy level is buzzing because they're, I mean, to be in control of the house, the bills, the cars, the family, the kids, where everyone's at, what everyone's doing, what everyone's wearing they they equate that in so many religions and cultures as being a good mom, a good wife, a good, a, a good woman. And so when we feel like we're going to kind of uh, drop our shoulders and open our hands and realize that there is a higher power handling all of this. And this, this idea of control is false. It's fake. It's an illusion delusion, Right. Because you were no more in control three weeks ago than you are now. You just mind shift. Yeah. And my mom used to tell me every single time. So I have this problem that when I get sometimes super duper stressed out, I don't usually share it. But when mom and dad just ask me what's wrong, I'll start crying. And obviously I didn't do this when I was away for college. But now that I'm home, I'm able to just do it, which isn't great, but whatever. But mom always says, Misha, you cannot control everything. There's someone else controlling it. And I did not, not that I don't believe her, but it was just like, oh, like, tell me something good. Tell me like something motivating. Tell me something inspiring or like, tell me to keep going. I think once again, that shift that I had, I was like, wow, mom was right. Like mom was so right. Like she tells me every single day, anytime that I'm like, oh crap, I need to do this. Or if I'm freaking out, she'll be like, Misha, remember you're not in control. So like there's someone else, there's a different energy controlling it or what you have to do. So for sure, shout out to mom. Once again, everything she's ever said is now coming into play. And it's like, wow, I should have listened a year ago, but yeah. yeah. But how interesting 
And how beautiful, you know, and I see this with my four kids and I probably don't share enough. So kudos to your mother, but you tell your kids this, but like you said, and I always say no one had a spiritual awakening on the beaches of Turks and Caicos, you know, your spiritual awakening, your moment, your shift, your adjustment, your whatever it happens in, in the trenches. It happens on a zoom call. It happens at loss. It happens. It can happen by proxy, God willing, meaning through someone else's experience that you get to learn from. But so many of us can't even do that. We, we, we have to go through it. You know, we have to get dirty and get in it. So I think with you're coming to it so young. Yeah. I mean, what, what you're, what you're experiencing is, is an exponential feed through of life. I mean, you're, you're, you're waking up to stuff that people still aren't awake to, you know, and, and, and what take decades or, you know, a hundred podcasts of listening to. And so let's circle back and, and apply that to your Misha inspires Instagram page. And when you go to approach a week, a month, whatever it is, okay. When you're sitting down, you're on your couch, whatever it is. And you're like, okay, this is what I want to put out there. Where is that coming from? Is that personal experience? Is it books that you're reading? Like, what is it that you're, and who are you speaking to primarily? So we'll start with the who first. I, my purpose with Misha Inspires is to provide that ripple effect that everyone's always talking about. And I think that's something that I've been able to see now. So with service, through someone's experience, you're able to learn, like you said. So I think that purpose of having something formed and seeing other people, like I'm doing it. Maybe someone else will, maybe someone else will follow. So that, that effect I'm so excited for, obviously I'm not able to see it right now every single day, but when someone does message me saying, Oh, Misha, I, I started a nonprofit because of you, or I'm doing this fundraiser because of you, that gives my body chills. And I get so excited with like the fundraiser we have going on with the kids for India right now. So they're getting hygiene kits and I'm selling three stickers for $8 that provides a whole kit for a student for three months. Like just people being interested. I think that's something that drives me every single day, knowing that people out there actually care, especially during a time like this, when you turn on the news or you just turn on the TV for two seconds and I feel like my energy is being drained all the time. Like, yes, that's reality, but it's so sad that we're so okay with it right now. Mm-hmm. So I think Nisha Inspires is supposed to be something that when people see it, they're like, wow, I, I could do this too. Nisha's doing it. Or like, I could do this too. Someone else's. So on Nisha Inspires, there's also an IGTV part where I interview random people. Like there is no structure to that at all. It's random people that I've, just glanced at and I'm like, wow, they have something to offer, which everyone does. If I could interview every single human being, I would. Like I am, so, but it does take a long time. But <laughs> I would. Like everyone has something cool to offer. Like something that I say. So that page isn't just me. It's so many other people. It's that community aspect. So when I am sitting on the couch thinking about ways to put out content, it's through experiences, through podcasts, through books through just things that are going on in life. It might be three months later than when the actual event happens, but it's still something that I'm able to reflect on. So I think that page is also a reflection like page for me because I'm able to put out my information, what I've learned for others. And when I'm picking these people to interview, it's more like, what do they know that I don't know so I can learn from it and other people can learn from it? 
it gets so boring listening to the same person every single day. I don't think everyone wants to listen to, hi, good morning. How are you from me every single day? Like, it's so cool to hear about different people and they're all from all around the world. So I think that's how that's grown target population, anyone and everyone that glances at it. And it's growing once again, just like my life right now, I'm letting it flow. And yeah. I think that's where the most content has like come in. I'm not restricting myself to the colors anymore. Like I need to post at this time with this, these hashtags. Like I stopped caring about that. Like, yeah, it might hurt my engagement, but at the end of the day, once again, I'm not in control of that. I can't, those hashtags don't really control who sees it. It's all faith and luck. Like it's not, it's not me. It's not those hashtags. So I think that's what that is right now. Yeah. And that's so funny because I think when you do put yourself out there in whatever way, be Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, TikTok, you know, podcast, you see, you know, like, how am I going to be TikTok famous? You know, how am I going to be an Instagrammer? How am I going to be an influencer? You have to just go, you know what? I can't sit here and make myself crazy. And if by episode nine, it doesn't hit, then that's it. No, because guess what? Episode 10, it might've, you know, podcast number six, this TikTok, that. And so you're literally one minute from it. You're really one post from there and you're one post from saving someone's life or changing the world. And, you know, my major clientele are females. And so I will have conversations with moms and I'm just like, you have to change this. You cannot fight in front of your children. It, it, it's killing them. It's killing your children to fight in front of them. And I know that if I can get through to one person that will change the life for generations in that family. And that will change the life of those kids' friends. And that will change the life of their grandchildren. And the exponential positive of touching one person, especially a woman, especially a woman in any culture, the grab is limitless of how that's going to change people for generations and generations and families to come. So, when you're talking, because I hear the theme of you talking is, is this giving back and service. When I hear that and I see that, okay, going over to a Christian aspect, okay, which it's all the same, but Buddha taught Jesus, P.S. So that's where we're at on this, okay? And a little different, but still same, still India, still same sandbox, okay? The, there was honor in washing of the feet. That was a moment of servitude that as a Christian, it it fills your head, okay? Or the feeding of people, you know, the fish and the what wine or whatever. And so when I'm hearing when you're saying service, that is also a practice of spirituality. That's also a practice of spiritual. That's also a practice of being inside of your spiritual self in action, in action, in honoring the namaste, the, I, my, the light in me honors the light in you, right? And so when you are inside of this movement of service, you are honoring the light in others while also honoring the light in yourself. So when their light grows, your light grows. It's literally an energy exchange that feeds you by proxy of feeding them. Yeah. 
And it's the best feeling ever. I mean, every time when I get, like, even with, like, interviews for grad school and they, like, try to, they're like, oh, explain community service to me. I literally tell them my body fills with joy and I, like, it just fills up. And they get, sometimes, since it's on Zoom, I'm able to see, like, all the little corners and some of them look at me crazy. And I'm like, no, I need it. Like, my body fills with such joy and the fire keeps going. It's not like, oh, I just woke up one day and I felt like giving back. Like, that ongoing fire and I think, service allows that fire to continue because obviously you can't light a candle forever but i think that purpose that i'm having my calling that i'm having is through service and honestly i don't know if i'd be alive without it and people think that i'm crazy when i say that but i i think my purpose and calling on earth right now is to serve others and create that light in others because just like you said like they're going to go inspire someone else it's going to be an ongoing thing obviously i can't change everyone but that family might change. Someone might be a little happier. That might change their relationship with their mom. I have the best relationship with my mom. That's something that I'm growing on every day. So just thinking about it like that, putting myself in their shoes and giving that hope and that light is just something that I, I crave every day now. It's something that drives me and wakes me up. And I say that all the time. And people literally think I'm crazy. But I, it's just that tingle that you get through your body. And it's like, so weird to explain but it's that energy that just from my toes to every single hair that I have like every time or just seeing someone smile I went on a trip to Guatemala before the pandemic got really bad and just like seeing how happy people were and just giving back to them and just learning how appreciative they were or how they made the best of what they had just blew me away and I think just bringing that back to the states being able to that, share that over a year you learn so much through them I went on a service trip I think the it was Texas and the lady was like yeah in the beginning we have like a tutorial on what to do and everything. she was just like you guys might think that you're changing their lives but they're going to change yours at the end of the day and I was like okay what is she saying <laughs> and at the end I was like holy crap was she right like just that that feeling makes me so happy yeah like, and actually, I'm studying the psychology of happiness because so much of psychology is studying what happens when you've gone off the deep end or you have depression or you have, you know, anxiety or whatever. And it's a study of the negative aspect of mental health. And so right now I'm studying the positive aspect of staying within the positive aspect of mental health. And it basically it's going down. And the the guy that wrote this, Dr. Seedman from UPenn, he has a, a few books out and he, they go through all the studies that have been done, marriage, religion, wealth, age, health. It doesn't matter what it is. And there he's like, you know, it might change it this much, like that you have a lot of money, you might be a little bit happier. Or you're, you know, if you have an illness, you'll be a little depressed, but then you'll come back to your, you kind of live inside of this, you know, middle ground. And then you get happy because you know, you got married. So that pops you up for three months, but then you go back down to your median and then something sad happens. You pop down for three months, but then you go back to your median and it's very, very difficult to change your median, your, your midline of happiness. you you kind of are born inside of a midline. However, they are finding that by way of gratitude, you can change your midline. And only through gratitude, not money, not marriage, not kids, not, not losing weight, not getting a six pack, not getting a new job, not winning the lottery will not change your midline. 
only through gratitude and the practice of gratitude are you able to change the chemistry, the science, your your the way you see the world, the way you experience the world. That is what will change you to actually become an inherently, and this is what you're finding too, is is inside of the practice, inside of the in it. That's when you change if you're actually a happy person or not. That's what changes it, is just the way that you receive the world, the way you perceive the world. And that is what that woman was talking about, is you're about to perceive the world for the rest of your life in a different way. It's going to change you because now you have a different scope to see through. I mean, and that's like a game changer right there. So what I'm seeing is a lot of gratitude, a lot of giving back, releasing and relinquishing control to, you know, the higher power, the higher self, going back to the basics, it sounds like of, of a lot of family tradition and servitude. Mm-hmm. Listening to crazy. It's all coming like full circle now. It's like, it's so crazy how all of it puts together and it obviously isn't like the full picture yet, but for me, I'm once again, 22, don't really know what I'm doing, but just being able to see like, crap, it's not just nine to five. There's something way bigger than that. Even though I have no clue what this bigger is, but in my brain, I'm thinking I have that corner piece and this other corner piece is so far. Like they're so damn far. So there has to be something that fills it in between. I think that's what's just keeping me alive. And just, I'm once again, growing to that state of just being happy, which is good. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the end game. I mean, when we wish anything for the world around us, it's for happiness for our kids and our parents. Like we wish you that you are happy and, you know, don't undercut your age because like the, I'm only 22. Cause you've, you've lost a cousin. I haven't, you lost your mentor. I haven't, you know, so, so recognize that you're walking the walk. And so you're allowed to talk the talk. And you're, you're doing stuff that women and men all over the world aren't doing, you know, you're, you're being a change maker for, for yourself, for the world around you and for your family and friends and, and to, to inspire is being a game changer. And that's what we need. So your age has nothing to do with it because there's small children that will change the world. They look at the gal who was with the, the green, green energy product product. She won the, what's a Nobel peace prize. I mean, so, so believe you me, do not, don't, don't undercut yourself because just cause it takes you longer to figure this shit out. Doesn't make me smarter than you. It just makes me slow. <laughs> so, so just recognize that and, and don't, don't worry about your age, just worry about staying in it. But I so appreciate you spending this time for, with me. And I, I feel like we have to do this again in some capacity, probably when talking about like women or raising daughters or something fantastic that we'll be getting ourselves into in the near future, which I'm super excited about, but I love watching you on Instagram and I'm so glad that you are a part of my daughter's life and a part of my life. And you were so real to me. And so I don't know if the word is kind of like, um, pointing North, 
when I was going through my cancer treatment of just hearing your voice and knowing that you were there and all the girls in DeFi were like supporting me. And I guess I made some sort of list or picture gram or something this year. So <laughs> Emma Skyler's like, you have your own page on our DeFi thing this year. I was like, love it. So I, you know, I appreciate you and all those ladies over at DeFi that are all, you know, you guys are all inspiring each other. And when you can put, you know, women and, and young women and girls, we are entering an amazing period of time where women are going to change the world. We're seeing it in politics and leadership and business. We're seeing it everywhere. And this is our time. This is your time because, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. So it's people like you and Skylar and all those ladies who are going to be the ones that are going to take our world into a completely amazing direction. So I so appreciate you. I so love you. I so love everything that you're doing. And I hope everyone goes on to Instagram. It's M-I-S-H-A underscore inspires. So check her out on Instagram follow her along. She's doing amazing things on the daily. She's clearly, she's thought out, she's planning weeks at a time, which I, I, I clearly need her to handle my social media account. So thank you so much for listening today, everybody. Misha, would you like to, any last parting words? I do want to say thank you for raising Skylar. She is an amazing human being. I know I brought, I brought about her on daily and it's all thanks to you and her support system. Like, she is an incredible person. So thank you for your daughter. She once again has helped me in so many aspects. And even if I don't talk to her every day, if I am having a shitty day, I'm like, oh, what would Skylar do? Or what would she say? Or like, just her like jolly and like flowy attitude that she has is something that has rubbed off on me. That's rubbed off on other people that I know. So thank you for being that person for Skylar. I appreciate you. And this was a lot of fun. So thank you. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. I will see you here next week, same time. And have a great week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillets.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Cheers.